Hey loves, this episode of Tarot for the Wild Soul is brought to you by From Fear to Medicine, my brand new online intuitive tarot offering that explores soul-centered ways to work with the scary cards of the tarot, offering participants grounded foundational perspectives on how to transform any fear-based, anxiety-based, or worry-based relationship with their tarot practice into one of trust and integration. Enrollment for From Fear to Medicine is open now and material drops in one week on Friday, February 28th. You can sign up for this offering by going to lindsaymack.com slash from fear to medicine and very exciting. If you sign up for From Fear to Medicine on or before February 28th, you will have access to an exclusive bonus special Q&A roundup with me where I will be able to answer your questions about the material, how to bring deeper trust to your tarot practice, and I'll also be here to answer any questions about any card that may be bringing you anxiety in your practice, as well as some um, initial steps to start shifting your relationship with that energy. So it's very special, and if you sign up after the 28th, you will not have access to that Q&A. So if you're feeling called, now is the time. To sign up for the offering, go to, again, lindsaymack.com slash from fear to medicine. Thanks, loves. This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey loves, welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast. It is so great to be gathered with all of you as always. I am very excited to dive into this card. Um, This is a card, Five of Pentacles, that I have never covered on this podcast and uh, have always wanted to. And uh, it feels really wonderful to be able to bring some light and awareness to this one, hopefully, because kind of in honor of uh, From Fear to Medicine happening right now and uh, really kind of imperfect timing with all of this, like, wild Pisces energy happening right now um, and how intense everything feels to so many of us as we're sort of voiding out um, in all of this moon energy. Sun is in Pisces, Mercury's in Pisces, Mercury retrograde, obviously. So it's kind of like moon on top of moon card reversed um, and like new moon in Pisces, just kind of all the Pisces energy (laughs) happening right now. So, um, yeah, I feel like this is actually a really good time to talk about, um, both where kind of anxiety, worry, fear shows up for us, but also to shine a really big compassionate light on such, I think one of the most feared cards And I was a little surprised, actually, when Spirit kind of did not give me, like, the green light to include um, Five of Pentacles in my roundup of cards um, in the curriculum for From Fear to Medicine, because to me, that's, like, one of the givens, Um, but they said no. So I think that, uh, but now I kind of understand why, because it's very nice to be able to offer this in... uh, such a communal, universal, totally freely available way, especially because I think so many folks really struggle with five of pentacles. So the 
title of this episode is called Transformative Trust with Five of Pentacles. And I could have called this episode many things, but Transformative Trust kept kind of like waving a little bit more brightly than the others. Um, and I'm choosing to focus on that aspect of this card because um, this is really uh, actually a pretty deep ally. It's a major teacher. It's definitely not a comfortable teacher, um, but it really at its core, like all tarot cards, but specifically with this one, does not bring any harm. It only it only really brings offerings of, of peace. It brings medicine and really does want to help us begin to trust in the invisible. That's a big part of this card. You know, many of us have experienced times when what we desire, what we need, what we're looking for, we can maybe feel it coming or we can, maybe there's some evidence that it's coming. Like there can literally be a check in the mail. We can literally be waiting on a letter. We can be waiting on word from someone. We can know that um, a specific procedure or appointment or um, situation is coming and not be there yet. So there are constantly in life these little bridges, these little thresholds where almost like um, that used to happen, I remember, in like Super Mario World, where there would be these bricks up in the sky, and then some of them would be missing. And then sometimes if you went under them and like clicked on them, they'd appear. <laughs> so, um, you know, for the millennials, I guess, listening to this, or, you know, the Xers or the Z, Zs or whomever engaged with Super Mario Brothers, I'm sure there's better metaphors, but that's what popped into my head. Um but yeah, this idea that the bridge that gets us from the space of the the space of where we are, where the earthly answers are not in our hands, to the point where we have an answer, we have an understanding, and what we're kind of waiting for is here in one form or another. Um, it's not so much about the uh, question of, will I get this thing? Won't I get this thing? What if this thing doesn't come? What if it does? Um, when will it come? Where will it come from? Like, there's a huge amount of focus, and really, it's not anyone's fault. Um, a huge amount of focus on uh, Five of Pentacles that's like totally directed on the earthly, the external, the material. Like, what if I don't get what I want, what I need. Um, and it's not anyone's fault that everybody's brain kind of goes there with five of pentacles to a panic about their primal survival around something that may or may not be actually, um, a survival issue. But the reason that it happens that way is because this card and the way that it's been interpreted for years and years is really playing on like one of the deepest fears we have as human beings. What if I don't have what I need when I need it? So the reason that we're talking about transformative trust is because we're looking at the kind of invisible bridge. What do we do when we're kind of in a situation in life where some of the boards and the planks and the bridge we're walking on are missing, you know? In the brain, 
self-dictated world and kind of the linear narrative space, um, which is perfectly legitimate, we can say, well, there are missing boards. I don't know kind of what to do about that. There's nothing to do about that. I have to wait here. I have to panic or to kind of try to figure out how to build those boards. And I don't have anything to build it with. And, you know, next thing we know, we're sort of completely spiraling out. And um, not only do we not have boards to walk on, but now we're exhausted. But in the soul space and in the space of the spiralic rhythm of life, which is really how life works, we don't often ever know what's going to happen. Like really nobody knows what's going to happen. We're just doing the best that we can. So much of life does not move on the timeline we expect. I would say that I have never, my brain has never been right about anything. <laughs> like Even if somewhere in there I can be like, oh yeah, my brain said this and that. It happened in a completely different way than what my brain said that it did. And sometimes it's the opposite where things go quite pleasantly. And because my brain is so threatened by that, it'll go, well, that person, you know, they didn't really mean that or, you know, whatever it is. It's like bottom line is that it's very, very hard and really not even recommended to trust the narrative of the brain in any any time in any um, situation. It sort of is just kind of a liar. <laughs> so in the words of my teacher, Michelle, you know, the brain's a liar and we don't have to listen to liars. Um, so why am I talking about this with five of pentacles? Because the fives in soul tarot, in the tarot, really represent contractions. Now, Contractions are a great, great, great thing. Are they comfortable? No. Do we like them? No. Do we have to like them? Absolutely not. We don't have to like anything in this life. It wasn't a prerequisite that comfort and liking it uh, doesn't come into play, really. But what we do have with this magnificent card and with any of the fives is an invitation to explore some kind of contractive space. And contraction is very exciting. This is also something I've absolutely learned from Michelle. Um, when we have contraction, we know that expansion is sure to follow. We're in a space of birthing. You cannot birth without some kind of contractive action. So we're in a kind of laboring process. It means we're growing. It's a good thing. We don't have to be afraid of the fives. Now, this doesn't mean that we won't experience anxiety around five of pentacles or a five. It doesn't mean that worry won't come up. It doesn't mean that the brain won't invite us into the possibility, you know, even though we know that this card can be understood from a soul perspective. What if this is the time where it comes up and it just is going to wreck our lives? Always, always important to understand that's where the meat and the heart of all of the medicine is in a contraction and also in Five of Pentacles. That is the why of scary cards. That's why we do the work that we do. That's why I'm teaching you and deepening that work in From Fear to Medicine, because the work that we do around the anxiety and the worry that come up around certain tarot cards is a microcosm 
of a deep fear and worry and a kind of a program of contraction or of limited thinking or of fear-based thinking that we have in ourselves that we really project out onto life. So the more we explore, hmm, this is coming up for me around five of pentacles, how interesting, rather than projecting onto five of pentacles about what other people have written about it or what other people say about it or what you're afraid of happening, but rather just to look and say, oh, wow, okay, here I am in this energy and, you know, this is present right now. Okay, it's good to note this is present right now. This brain story is present. This reality is present. This truth is present. Where do they all intersect? So we're learning a new way of working with ourselves and our experiences as we travel through certain cards that may bring up this sense of contraction for us. Because Five of Pentacles brings a major invitation. I mean, this is like, frankly, it's quite mastery level. You know, how do you not panic, not spiral out, not drop into total, um, like, um, five alarm desperation and make decisions that you may later regret because you don't immediately have what your brain perceives as, um, what you need to feel safe to know that your ego is all set up that you, you know, whatever, how do you react? How do you respond when you work with an energy like that? When you don't have what your brain is wanting in the moment that it's wanting it. Um, I think that's really a very important life skill to develop that not many of us do. Um, and especially when we're um, sinking into this idea, like, is it intuition or is it brain? Um, I think Five of Pentacles is a pretty spectacular intuitive expansion card because um, when this card hits, it's... it's um, at least I think for me, one of those cards that it can be pretty challenging to determine like in the midst of the contraction, like what is truth, what's panic, what is, you know, so we're going to be looking at it from that whole space. Um, so I'm going to start with kind of what this card isn't and what it is in my experience, because, you know, of course, all this is just an invitation. Like always, you're perfectly, uh, you know, you're encouraged to keep what works and leave what doesn't. Um, and if you totally vehemently disagree, the old interpretations of five of pentacles are pretty much available to you in like any book written about tarot. <laughs> so this is an evolutionary soul-centered way of looking at it so that we can engage with evolution growth through discomfort and personal responsibility in the way that we engage with our cards and our deck. And if that doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. You know, there's again, a bazillion people who don't teach like this. So all good. Um, and I really do mean that, like not trying to be sassy. I really do mean like, you know, it's perfectly okay. Um, and we're also going to be talking about when this card comes up, when those moments arise where there's like all of these gaps in the bridge that we're walking on and we don't know whether or not to build them ourselves or to wait 
And if we wait, how do we engage in such a way that we're not completely blowing ourselves out? We're going to be talking about a couple of things that we can do, um, very simple, to help um, kind of discharge the intensity that can sometimes come up with five of pentacles. And I say sometimes because actually, believe it or not, five of pentacles does not always um, present a charge. It doesn't present a charge to me at all. And that doesn't mean that like happy days are here again for me. And I have no, um, times when there aren't missing boards in my bridge. I'm just so, um, accustomed to that experience now and can trust it because I've had a lot of experiences of working with that under my belt, um, that I really know, uh, how to work with it pretty well which means that you can do that too. It's totally not impossible to work with this energy in such a way that um, you eventually wind up becoming very intimate with it. Um, and before we go further, I'll just remind everybody once again that I did last week, and you may have heard me say this before, every single tarot card brings some kind of medicine. And we have been really robbed I would say in general, but certainly with tarot, of the encouragement of um, leaning in to our natural curiosity, our open-minded curiosity, and our absolutely um, crucial critical thinking, you know, to really think about things and to look at what's been written, look at what look at how this card has been depicted and to really have the willingness to consider that those folks are human too, that that interpretation channeled as though it may be still had to come through a human filter. Did they do their work on it? Were they just going on what other people said? Were they, um, you know, let's look at the whole body of the work. Is this somebody who we see has really done their work around their brain and their soul? You know, in my experience, not always. And I hold myself accountable to the same thing. And, you know, sometimes I look at my stuff from like a year ago, two years ago or more, and I go, not really. <laughs> so ideally we want to be growing here, which is why I say that, um, you know, it's part of, I, I really believe it's part of our responsibility. If we're going to be readers, if we're going to be teachers, if we're going to read for other people and for ourselves, to know that each and every one of these cards brings something. Whether we enjoy the taste of that something does not matter. Nothing in the deck is here to poison us. Everything is here to provide something to provide a medicine to provide something that nourishes um and i think it's up to us to really get curious and ask these cards what is it that you're bringing me you know anytime a card comes up in a reading it's an offering it's a gift we've gone so far from considering that and by the way nobody ever taught me that the cards taught me that because i listened to them and I share that not because I'm fancy or special, but because it's the opposite. I'm like a normal, just a regular gal. So that means that anybody can do this. <laughs> you know, Anybody can just get curious and let the card lead you. 
So before we talk about this card, you know, I really just want to once again, like fist pump you up with like total empowerment that you don't need to allow um, anyone's interps to limit your understanding of what these cards bring and what they can do. Like let's all endeavor to get even more curious, even more expanded, even more um, touched in about what the cards bring you. So traditionally, and, and, you know, of course, this is a, this is, um, not pitch perfect. You know, of course, this isn't every person, but traditionally, uh, the pentacle suit is taught even by some of the most progressive or modern of tarot, um, you know, authors or teachers really as a suit about money and about some kind of connection to the material resources of life. And Five of Pentacles very specifically is typically spoken of as a card of some kind of squeeze, a material squeeze or a lack um, that ranges from some pretty gentle languaging around that idea to some pretty um, severe languaging, like using words like destitution or penniless, or like you don't have what you need or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, I'd love to invite everyone listening to this to consider this card in a different way. There are a couple reasons for that. The first is that, uh, I really don't believe that the pentacles have anything to do with money at all because, um, it's a very limited way to think about a pretty expanded, pretty evolutionary, pretty mind-blowing suit. And although money is certainly a part of, um, you know, the fabric of life here on earth, um, I'm going to say that traditional interpretations of the tarot, there's a lot of capitalism and patriarchy in the root systems of some of the oldest tarot card interpretations and thereby tarot card imagery. There's quite a bit actually embedded into them. So that's influenced a lot of the way they've been written about. None of it's a problem and I'm not here to tear anyone down. It's just what has been, but we're not in those times anymore. We're in totally different times now where this shit is all coming down. I mean, you know, we're in a time of extinction. We're in a time where it has never been more important for everyone to wake up and be living on this planet in alignment with what they came to do, which could not be more crucial to the health of the planet. Um, it's like no fucking around here. And, um, me, I have never taught the pen. I've, I've known since I was like 13 years old that the pentacles had nothing to do with money. Um, but I also really respect that for some people they do. So this is just an invitation to think about this. Um, when we consider how spacious and how profound the energy of earth is, when you consider the element of earth, when you consider a pentacle in and of itself and what a pentacle represents in witchcraft and Wicca in many other religions, many other schools of thought related to, um, you know, many religions way beyond, uh, that of witchcraft. Um, the power of that symbol, the idea that it had to be shrunk down to money is again, the sign of an older time. 
and we're past that now. We can honor what was, and now we can step into what is. The pentacles suit in soul tarot has to do with living out, living in alignment with our soul's calling in the earthly realm. What it is to engage with our soul's calling in a material world. What does that look like? What does work look like? What does um, our relationship to energy look like? What does it look like when we're connected to what is in alignment for us to do? You know, again, lots of decks present imagery that has a lot to do with physical money. And again, it's an invitation that is born of a different time. And um, I don't think we have to uphold that anymore because it wasn't an alignment then and it isn't an alignment now, period. Uh, so the pentacle suit has nothing to do with money as a whole. And that's one reason why uh, five of pentacles doesn't track as a card that means like financial ruin or hard times or whatever. Um, now, also a second really important thing to keep in mind about why this doesn't quite, why the train doesn't quite align on the tracks is also because the tarot as a whole doesn't ever rely on any external situation to make the card click. You don't need a lover or a promise of a lover to get the lover's card. You don't need to get married to get two of cups. You don't need to be with a group of ladies in the woods to have three of, of cups. And you don't need to have any kind of financial situation to warrant five of pentacles. You just don't. Because um, if that were the case, and if that were true, then like, Every person who ever got 10 of pentacles, you know, sort of in alignment with the old school way of thinking would like be rich. And everybody who ever got six of pentacles would have a windfall of cash. And, um, you know, everybody who ever got the ace of cups would like meet somebody new and exciting. And, um, you know, the truth is that like genders an illusion and a social construct. None of these cards have really anything to do with um, any kind of human gender or any kind of expression of that other than the completely holographic expression that any human being can bring to a card. Um, there's, there are plenty of people who do not date. So the lovers being related to, um, you know, the lover's card being related to like needing to meet someone doesn't track. Um, my rule of thumb is if a card doesn't apply to everybody, then it doesn't apply to anybody. That's kind of my golden rule, and it always has been. It doesn't make any sense to me. Again, critical thinking. <laughs> if a card doesn't apply, there's members of the population that say, I don't engage with that. I don't resonate with that. Then that means that we haven't done our job with the tarot. And I suppose that some of you might be like, oh my God, just get to the card description already. But I have to talk about this because we've been so, frankly, really programmed and brainwashed around what the tarot is, that it requires a lot of um, widening of the circle to understand what it is that we're undoing in order to rewild it. So for those of you who are feeling impatient, just like hang on to your 
hang on to your hats a little bit longer. <laughs> I'm almost done with this piece. Um, but hopefully this makes sense. The tarot does not require any person, anything, any situation, any physical influence to come in and make a card, click over, light up, work for you. Five of Cups, I've gotten it for years. I've never had a breakup with my husband. I've never had any kind of breaking off of a relationship that's precipitated that card. It's come up around work, actually, around fears of a million kinds of things. Never had a thing to do with another person. Not ever. Um, I've gotten um, Eight of Cups a million times never had to step away from anyone that I ever loved in order to. Now, this doesn't mean that it can't happen that way. So I'm not, again, never going to negate. So I'm being like, well, I have had a financial challenging time in Five of Pentacles. Absolutely. That's totally maybe possible. But what I want to invite everyone to consider is that it's not the rule. It's not the rule. It's never the rule. It's lazy. You are not lazy for thinking that way. The, a lot of what has come before us is a little lazy. It's not any particular author or teacher. I have nothing but respect for those who've come before me. Um, none of those folks are lazy, but the interpretations of like, you know, a night having to do with like a person coming in with a message is fucking lazy. And I don't know who came up with it, however many decades or, you know, ago, but like, it's time to change it. Just calling it like I see it. So um, time to have some critical thought about it, right? Now, I'm not the only one who's saying that. Lots of people are saying that, I think. But, um, you know, that's what I've been saying for a while. So I'm going to continue to. Um, I feel passionately about this because I think Five of Pentacles is a very important ally in our understanding of how we can work with divine timing around certain situations where we're being invited to kind of pause on something and wait for things to line up so that the internal matches the external. Um, and it's something that we're really not taught as people. It's actually pretty challenging to learn this stuff. And the card does bring this beautiful invitation. And if we're assuming that it's just kind of about a situation of ruin, um, we may miss it. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about what, um, it kind of has been interpreted as, and also what it's not. So, um, here is the truth about what Five of Pentacles brings up. Five of Pentacles, when we receive this card in a reading, when we work with it in a space of allyship in terms of an anchor in our lives, helping us to work through something, what we're doing and what we're looking at is, as I said before, a situation where our external doesn't match the internal, where we could internally be very ready for something for a situation, for a relationship, for X, Y, Z on the external spectrum of things, or totally internally. We could be ready to expand, ready to evolve, ready to step forward in some way, ready to leave something behind. And it's not happening in our earthly lives. We can feel it on the inside, but it's not happening. There are those boards that are missing. 
in, on the bridge, right? And Five of Pentacles represents a time when what we are looking for, waiting for, longing for is actually around us, but it's not in our hand yet. It's around us energetically, invisibly. It is on the way, but it's not here. So what that brings up for many of us is a hell of a lot of discomfort when we receive something like this in a reading, because the first place we go to is, how do I trust that? What if it doesn't come in? So this is where we start to talk about the theme of transformative trust. How do we trust that what is for us is not going to miss us? How do we trust that sometimes things do not happen on the timeline that we necessarily desire it to? How do we trust that even though we may not have everything that we want, we do have everything we happen to need at any given moment in time. How do we begin to trust that? It's really, you know, challenging. And in a gap of time like that, where what we're longing for, needing, or desiring isn't physically in our hands in earthly form yet, what do we do in that gap of time that can feel like such a squeeze? What do we engage with and how do we engage? And no matter where we happen to find ourselves on the spectrum of privilege or access, this is a universal experience because, again, it has nothing to do with external, nothing to do. Everybody in their own heart, in their own soul, in their own being, in their own state has desires about what they want in their lives, has desires about what they long to bring forward into their lives, what they long to step into, how they're growing and evolving. You know, everybody is looking to kind of move out of that egg of comfort that eventually we all kind of outgrow and we want to move into the next phase of our lives. And the what is actually quite typical is, and Michelle, my teacher, taught me this, is that um, it takes that the external piece that matches the growth that we've done actually is the very last thing to show up. We are so accustomed to assuming, well, if the external's here, it's going to change my internal. And like occasionally that's true, occasionally, and even then I don't even know. Um, but really, when the internal work is done, truly all of it is done so that we don't have to go back and we don't have to repeat anything. When the external comes in that actually matches where we're ready to go in the next stage of our lives, it's so big, we'll actually be ready for it. We won't trip and fall. We won't sabotage. We won't push it away. We'll actually be ready. I can't tell you how many times I was like, I am ready. And I can look back and say, I totally wasn't ready. I wasn't ready until that thing came. And sometimes for me, those things don't come. Certain things don't come. And it's, and I can't necessarily say that I totally explain all, I totally understand all of it, but 
at this point in my life and at this point in my work and development as a, somebody who lives from a soul-centered way, um, if it's not coming, uh, I'm not going to force it to, you know, if it's not coming, it's not the time yet. So that's what it is to kind of not panic and rush and freak out about the boards that are not there, you know, in that moment, because it could be that on that side of the bridge is exactly where you need to be for exactly the amount of time that you are there until there are boards that fill out that part of your bridge. And nobody loves it. You know, I think the experience of waiting is so challenging for literally everyone. It's very uncomfortable. We don't want to necessarily ever do it. Um, and the medicine that five of pentacles brings around that idea is doing what contractions do so well, which is like drudging up all the stuff that is underneath the anxiety. What stories do we have about not having what we need? Many of us, whether it is food, nourishment, care, education, access to clean water and air, access to um, safe spaces to live, feeling like we are robbed or separated from lands that are our homelands or our birthrights or um, not feeling safe to walk down the street. Everybody in their own way in varying degrees knows what it is to live this life not having what they need. It's an enormous point of wounding for everyone. And while everybody, again, has varying degrees of experience with this and of wounding with this, we all know what this feels like. You know, I have it in my own life personally in ways that are completely different than the next person. You know, some people feel like um, they were never truly seen or loved by one of their parents. Some people feel like, um, you know, their wounds around, um, you know, whatever I could go on and on. Right. Um, we all know what this feels like. So when we pull a card like five of pentacles, all of our stuff around that comes up. What if we don't have or get what we want, what we need, what if, and, um, for many of us, I really think that working with five of pentacles in this capacity can be very, very powerful because we can learn to resource and learn to drop into our own root system in these moments where we can learn to become resourced around situations that make us feel like we don't have enough like we don't have enough support. We're not sure if that external piece is going to come in and match the internal work we've done. And the truth is that if we're getting five of pentacles, five of pentacles is already saying the external is coming. It's just not here yet. And the medicine that it brings us bitter and kind of spiky and gross as it might be <laughs> is saying, how are you going to work with that energy. What is your choice? How do you desire to face this kind of experience? Are you going to jump the gun and try to grab at 
the next thing that you possibly can? Or are you going to, are you willing to consider that opening to just simply being and resting in the unknown right now, taking any kind of nourishment where you can, looking in different directions than you might already be accustomed to looking, what might that do for you? How do you choose easing grace in the midst of discomfort? That's essentially what this card teaches us to do. Choosing ease and grace in a time when we kind of are not very comfortable. Um, again, you know, this is um, a fairly privileged uh, thing. I think to move cross country is pretty privileged, especially as like a settler in America. Um, but I will say that as somebody who lived most of my life, all of my life, I've actually never lived anywhere else um, in the tri state area, I have wanted to leave. New York and that area um, for, I think, probably about, um, for real, real, about two years where I really knew like, oh, I am all done with the East Coast, with New York. I got to get out of here right now. <laughs> you know, like my body, my nervous system, autoimmune, chronic pain, the proximity to how close I grew up, like right outside of Manhattan, um, the proximity to the abusers in my family, it all of a sudden like kind of caved in on me actually. And I was like, I, I have to leave. I have to go. And it took about two years for me to circle and cycle through a couple different options for places that I wanted and that were not in alignment for me to cycle through experiences and times where I didn't have enough money to move, um, to cycle through, um, doing like too much work to kind of have the space to move, um, kind of a million different, you know, needing to work through, uh, the ego stuff that came up around, like not living in the midst of a city city, because I really wanted to live in nature, but um, it took a while to kind of recenter my consciousness to be like, oh, you don't actually do a lot in person anymore. And that's a great thing. You don't need to be in the middle of a city anymore. So then what does that look like? You know, then how does that focus narrow things? And, um, I can truly say that every single piece of my move was completely aligned completely like in alignment in a way that I don't think I've ever experienced in my life. Um, the house that we wound up renting was basically like waiting for us. Um, and it was also the scariest, probably most like trauma triggering, regressive, <laughs> like terrified little girl, freaked out brain experience I have ever had because I've never moved cross country. It's like leaving behind all this stuff and um, woof, was it intense to move. But um, that those two years, and again, this is sort of not a great Five of Pentacles experience because this is related to a, kind of like a specifically external thing. Um, but um, Five of Pentacles doesn't not have to do with the marriage of earthly and invisible as it relates to external, but it really has to do with 
our relationship as the pentacles do to the soul in conjunction with the earthly life that we live. So um, what the pentacle, what five of pentacles does not relate to is um, your bank account is empty. That's what it doesn't relate to. Five of pentacles can come up when we have a feeling like I'm not expanding as I desire to be. I feel super, super stuck. And it may have nothing to do with anything outside of us. And it can also have something to do with outside of us, just not the rule. So I'm providing an example that's sort of um, a little bit more contingent on like an external piece. Um, But there were many times in those two years where I was just devastated and lost and deeply unhappy and very, very un, you know, um, again, I'm, I'm very privileged and very, very lucky, but was kind of dying actually on the inside because I've had so many health problems in the last two years and living in New York in the midst of it, of healing from all these different things was actually quite excruciating. Um, And for some, that's exactly where they go to get better. But it was just starting to be too much for me. And that's a bit more personal than usually I I would maybe prefer to be on this podcast. But um, I'm sharing this because even though I felt ready to move, every time it didn't quite work out, I knew enough to say, okay, I'm not going to do it. You know, and sometimes in life, we don't have that option. Sometimes in life, like a lease ends and we have to leap. That's not a five of pentacles situation. Five of pentacles situations have to do with the kind of lengthy process that sometimes comes in to us having the earthly, the external match with where we are internally. It doesn't have anything to do with the lack of external, um, and us not having what we need. It has to do with all of that kind of clicking and coming into alignment, which is a fairly um, complex, actually, idea, and yet is happening to us all the time. So now that we kind of understand this idea of the bridge of life, having these missing boards, um, what do we do with it? Like, what? how do we handle a card like this? Well, first of all, to understand that Um, anytime five of pentacles comes up as an invitation, as a card, it's a gentle heads up to begin to say, Hey, you are on a journey right now. You are in a process where what you're longing for, looking for, ready for the next step, the next phase of your life is not here yet. It's still kind of growing. It's still kind of underground. Let's not dig in the dirt and force that to come out any quicker than it's meant to. So, here I am for you, person, as your five of pentacles anchor and ally, and I'm here to help you learn how to hang out on your side of the bridge as you wait for these boards to generate through your work and through divine timing. And on divine timing, these boards are going to start to be built by you but not before they're ready to be. So while you wait for their readiness, what can you do? So one of the first things to understand as a rule of thumb that I also learned from Michelle, God bless her, we don't want to ever, ever make any decisions from 
a place of contraction. Please let me clarify. We can make decisions while we are in contraction where it can be okay. But if we feel like we are desperate, flinging ourselves, that kind of situation, ideally, we want to bring even just a moment's pause to it to be able to say, is this in alignment? Is there five minutes? Are there five minutes here for me to take a breath and consider? Is there more than five minutes for me to take a breath and consider here? Is it an alignment? Is this something that I would do if I was not so desperate? Um, Is this really serving me? Just beginning to, to build in those questions, to ask those questions, to see how it feels, to have them be a part of it. But ideally, if we're super contracted, really freaked out, we can make humongously expensive decisions that later when the contraction is lifted, we can think, holy shit, I just added time to my bridge being filled out, even though I thought it was going to quicken the pace. So in the midst of contraction, the first thing that we want to recenter around is the idea that there's some part of us that really deserves and is longing for some care. So contraction lasts as long as it lasts. Contraction is usually an experience where our worldview feels super, super narrow, where things just feel horrible. And no matter how we try to kind of lighten it or um, offer ourselves the opportunity to kind of see the truth of it, we just can't. The contraction is contraction. If we're contracted, we really feel like my life is over. It's never going to be okay. I'm never going to have what I need. And it's an appropriate time to let all that stuff come up and out so that we don't have to carry it anymore. So the reason that we don't make decisions from a place of my life is over, what am I going to do? Holy shit. If it's a space of contraction is because we may regret it when the contraction is over. Maybe, maybe not. But the whole point is to start building in a capacity to be able to question it, just to bring some gentle space around questioning. That space doesn't always feel available to us, and it often is, actually. It's the contraction that has us thinking like, there is no space for you to think. Um, And the brain doesn't get to make those decisions. So we can be able to say, you know, brain, I actually think we might have five minutes (laughs) for like maybe a breath or two. We'll see. Um, So beginning to build in those spaces where ideally, eventually, we never do anything from contraction unless we really feel a soul yes, you know. Um, And there's a difference between being, again, contracted and living our lives and um, making decisions from a place of desperation, which is where we um, ideally, again, we don't always have this privilege of choice. We're just starting to think about bringing in a little space around it, literally bringing in some breath around it, literally. Um, If we have the capacity to do that, how does that feel? How might that feel for us? Um, Secondly, one of the more um, uh, incredible uh, resources that I can offer around, um, you know, five of pentacles work is something that I would say pretty similarly applies to the moon card when this card comes up, which is good timing because we're in a lot of Pisces energy right now. And actually the wheel of fortune, which is to literally be in the present moment of your lives, literally 
looking around and saying, bed needs to be made. Take that coffee cup to the sink, like literally. When we're in that space of such strong, I'm not going to get what I need or want, the first place we want to go to is self-care, like literally a hand on the heart, talking to ourselves, bringing in people who can speak on that space of truth, who can see things for us um, in a way that maybe is more expanded than we're capable of seeing. Bringing in that support, bringing in that resourcing is A number one, always. Um, And then the second piece of it, once our nervous system has regulated to a degree that we're able to kind of be in the world a bit more, is to not focus so much on those boards that need to be built in our bridge, but in fact, look around at what is asking for our attention in this side, on this side of the bridge. Because typically, and this is something that we really don't spend a lot of time exploring, I have done thousands and thousands of readings in my life. I have given myself thousands of readings thousands. (laughs) Um, Five of Pentacles has never once, even when I've been as tight as could be with money, it has really never come up as a symbol for you're not going to have enough, you're going to be too short, whatever. But what it does come up a lot around is what I'm talking about to you as an invitation to see if we can build in just even an inch more spaciousness in those kind of tight contracted, terrified, desperate moments um, so that we're making decisions not from hypervigilance but from soul, yes. And what might it look like if we actually considered that Five of Pentacles is an invitation to clear up the last pieces of work that we have on this side of the bridge so that we don't have to take it with us when the bridge is built? That's really what we are doing in this card. That's the secret of this card. That's the secret core of the medicine, that we have something to pay attention to with us now. And we maybe would not offer that part of us, offer that piece of our lives, our attention, if we were not in the emotional state that we were. If we didn't feel slightly contracted, if we didn't feel like there wasn't enough space, if we weren't, some part of us wasn't feeling super anxious or worried that there wasn't going to be enough or that we would never get out of where we were and expand into our next level. And sometimes it has more to do with the work that we do around preparing for our next phase. Um, And going back to kind of the parallel with the moon and the wheel of fortune, you know, wheel of fortune, when we get this card, really the only thing that is like the deepest wisdom to do in this energy is really, um, to like literally be in the moment to moment of our lives to stay completely in the center of that cyclone. And in the moon that can feel very similar to this energy where we're kind of just waiting in the dark where we have no clue what's coming next. We don't know what's going on. We feel super boxed um, in terms of being able to see the next step. We're only in like the void and the the edgeless blackness of this moment, you know, in terms of like like space, like literally the moon card can kind of feel that way. Um, 
you know, the, the, the void of space. Um, in that respect, um, what do we do with that? We learn in the moon to float, like just literally to float, to be, to let the waves take you up and down and to, um, what is it to look at and work through all the stuff that gets projected onto the, uh, you know, from the mind when it doesn't know what to do with all that void energy. You know, there's some pieces here that really apply to five of pentacles too. look around you. What is longing for your attention? What wants to be paid attention to? What could you gain by pausing? Are there actually sources of support around you that you're not seeing because the field of vision feels too narrow? This isn't always true, but I often find for myself that there is something to that and the questioning can be useful. So really starting to think about that too. You know, what are we being invited to pay attention to in there? Transformative trust as it relates to five of pentacles is not magical thinking like, oh my goodness, what we need is just going to fall right into our laps and we'll just like wait for it. We're actually doing our work um, because in these moments, there really isn't anything we're supposed to be doing other than to reflect and to look at ourselves. There are moments to leap in times of huge distress and fear. There are times to um, kind of put the pedal to the metal, so to speak, when things feel slightly tight or slow or, you know, there are things to do. With Five of Pentacles, we get to work on the actual core of the discomfort that's kind of underneath that sense of, oh God, what if I don't, what if the expansion that I'm doing, um, what if the external doesn't ever match the internal? You know, what if I'm doing all this work on myself and I never meet a beloved? What if I'm doing all of this, um, you know, refining work in my life and, um, I don't wind up kind of expanding to the next level of excellence? You know, what if I do all this work in school and, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z, you know, they're a, literally a bazillion ways to apply this to internal and, um, you know, externally aligned experiences and never hinged on the external, but of course this is life and these are pentacles energy. So we go from soul to earthly here. Um, it's really just getting us to think about how do we handle situations with ease and grace that feel uncomfortable? That's the question. How do we greet, respond to situations that are a little tight, that are a little, um, that bring up some lack fear. How do we meet those moments? You know, what do we do with them? You know, can we respond with ease and grace? Can we breathe through our contraction so that even if a couple of hours goes by where we really are present with the contraction that's here, so that there can be a greater spaciousness, the mind can be more available to see the next steps of things, ways that the boards are beginning to present themselves so that we can take our next steps. All of it is about divine, really trusting in divine, which is a huge um, thing to say because a lot of people, it's, I mean, the biggest thing, <laughs> it's like, how do we trust in like, the unfolding of things, even if it doesn't make any sense. And even if we hate it, you know, what is our relationship to that? And where 
is the willingness, is there willingness, you know, so this is all just stuff to think about, but five of pentacles, the trust becomes so transformative because we wind up realigning ourselves with divine timing where we say, you know, what I am waiting for, what is kind of, um, illuminating what is being crafted or grown from what is in the ground right now, I will see it just not right now. And the, um, you know, how can I be with that? And the metaphor that I'll leave you with before I close out this podcast is just to think about the transition from winter to spring. Very, very, very resonant medicine for five of pentacles. It is very challenging for even the most creative of minds to look at the bleakness, definitely on the East Coast anyway. I feel like I've never seen like a more lush winter anywhere in my in my days than um, in Oregon. But um, it's very challenging to look at the barrenness of winter and of the frozen soil and think, well, in just a few weeks, there's going to be a lot of flowers here. Like a lot of them. There's going to be a lot of green. There's going to be a lot of growth here. And it doesn't seem possible. And that is exactly the same mechanism that happens in Five of Pentacles. So this isn't a bypassing of experiences where we legitimately don't get what we need. That's why I mentioned what I did earlier. We all have those experiences. That's not what five of pentacles is. And it's easy to draw that parallel, but it's not true. It's a very, very specific energetic invitation, an evolutionary invitation that invites us to engage with and explore our relationship to trust as it stands to things blooming on their time, blooming on time that might feel a little bit too slow for us. How do we work with that? How we engage with that can absolutely transform our lives. It can help us prepare and be ready for the exact right thing on the exact right timing, as much as it might feel like we have to rush or we have to worry or we have to hurry. Um, Five of Pentacles, rather than being an invitation of lack and like destitution, um, really is an invitation to some pretty profound maturity and growth and, uh, can absolutely provide a beautiful landscape for us, um, as it pertains to us beginning to trust the unfolding of timing in our lives. So just something to think about. You may agree, you may not agree, but I find it useful to think about the card this way. Oh, thank you so much for listening. Um, and if this kind of uh, treatment of the card uh, resonates with you, you know, from fear to medicine is open. If you'd like to go a little deeper in learning how to begin to apply more of these understandings to 10 cards in the tarot. And um, if you want to go like even deeper, deeper, my bigger tarot course, Tarot for the Wild Soul, is going to open for enrollment around April 7th. Scholarship applications will open for that uh, about a week before. Um, and that's like everything I'm talking about here times infinity, you know, um, some pretty big medicine in that course and very comprehensive. So, um, yeah, 
if you're interested there are ways to be served (laughs) um thank you so much for listening loves uh please be well until we meet again happy new moon in pisces please take care of yourselves thank you so much for listening to tarot for the wild soul this podcast was edited by chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.